a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and he gave generously to those in need and prayed for God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who was called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, who is, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Well, good morning, church. What an awesome way to come up on stage after that singing, man. That is, thank you, Jerome and Praise Team. You guys are great. Um, let's talk about Acts 10 this morning. If you guys want to uh, follow along in your Bibles or your cellular communications devices, um, feel free to do that as well. Now, it says Caesarea to Joppa was 30 miles. So if we were to hop out right here on I-29 and walk down I-29, down through downtown, we would end up in Belton. Now, that's 30 miles, but don't worry, there's a target right where we would end up, so we'd have something to do. Um, Caesarea was built by King Herod, and it was a huge seaport at the time, and he wanted it to be the biggest seaport in all the world. And at one time, he, uh, the, the population was bigger than Jerusalem at one time. And Joppa was a very similar, but not as big seaport. Um, now, what it is now, it's just, Joppa is just northwest of Tel Aviv right now. So Caesarea is still in existence, and now it's called Jaffa. But Peter had been living there for some time before he goes into this trance when he goes up on the roof. And it reveals to him what I think is one of the reasons why, in Matthew 16, 19, Jesus says he's going to give Peter the keys of the kingdom. It says, Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Peter goes up to the, on the rooftop to pray, and at that time, houses had stairs that went up on the outside, and they would have meetings out there, and they would have prayer time. That's where their prayer time would be. Of course, if any of you have seen the war room, that would be their war room back at that time. Great movie, by the way. Um, he goes up to pray, and then in Acts 10, starting in verse 9 through 16, Peter has this vision. It says, About noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, that's the people that Cornelius sent, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It said it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. It said, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Now, when I first became a Christian, I would read this, and I would say, that's awesome, because I can can eat pork and shrimp and stuff that the Jewish people don't like. Now, bacon-wrapped shrimp sounds good, of course, to anyone. So that right there made me think, that is good, I can do that stuff. But as I was preparing this lesson, it came to me that there was a lot more to it than just food now the sheet being brought down of course you have to think about what they thought about of the world at that time they thought it was they perceived that it was flat so you would think about it as a piece of paper so four corners 
And they also get it from Isaiah 11:12, which reads, He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. So it is also in the Old Testament as what they thought was corners. So it says, the fil- She was filled with all animals of the land and birds of the air, and the Holy Spirit told them to eat. So now this shows the power of God by using something so simple as hunger is to turn it into something spiritual. Now, when Brother Steve Pulse was going through his cancer treatments, we had a church-wide uh, fasting and prayer week for him. So now my mother-in-law, Sherry, um, I knew I, was, I had never fasted before, if you guys can believe that, um, said that when I were to get hungry, that was when I was to pray for Steve and his family and to pray for God to give me strength to get through the rest of the day without food. And let me tell you, that was the most spiritual thing I had been a part of besides baptism. I've never drawn so closer to God and had to use so something simple as hunger. And it shows me that when a church family comes together, awesome things are bound to happen. Amen? Now, it happened three times to Peter. Now, if any of you here have known the significance of that, it seems like Peter always needed something three times to tell him to do something. Now, it kind of reminded me when I was a kid, my parents would say to me, maybe just a couple of times, said, I'm going to count to three if you don't get over here. I only heard that maybe one or two times. But I wondered if sometimes Peter's legacy would be the three times. That's where we get it. So you have to be here by, by a count of three. Um, so it goes on to say in verse 17, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where the house was and it stopped by the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs, and do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. And Peter goes down to the men and says, I'm the one you're looking for, why have you come? And then men replied and talked about Cornelius' vision and how um, they need to go back to Caesarea. The men replied, we have come from Cornelius Centuron, he's a righteous, God-fearing man. And then Peter invites him into the house. Now that was a barrier broken down then. Because Peter didn't associate with anybody that wasn't Jewish. And we learned that Cornelius had sent a couple of uh, God-fearing Gentiles. So that one barrier had been broken down so far. Now, um, that last barrier I remember breaking down, this is quite some time ago, but when I first met Sarah, a couple of her previous boyfriends had made her build up a wall uh, or a barrier of trust. She couldn't trust any, anybody. So that took me quite some time to gain her trust. But one of her friends accidentally broke down quite a big part of that wall. Um, We were going shopping for Christmas, and she made the mistake of saying, hey, you know, Sarah told me that she thought you were the one, and Sarah just about lost it. She was so embarrassed. She was like, her face was Kansas City Chiefs red. I mean, she was just red. But I let that, as we walked through Toys R Us a little bit, um, I let her uh, be embarrassed just for a little bit, and I told her, I said, well, you know, I have had forever thoughts about you as well. So that, that helped out. But that, just one saying, helped break down a huge part of that wall that she had built up. So, uh, starting in verse 24, Peter goes to Cornelius' house. Now, this is a huge barrier getting ready to be broken down. So they go back. It takes about a day and a half to get down there. Um, according to Google Maps, if we were to walk down there today, it said it would take 11 hours. But we were at the Huntington's 5K, and I saw a few of you that could probably get down there in about three or four hours. Um. So in verse 24, it says, The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together all his relatives and his close friends. Now, Cornelius 
was not a Jewish believer at that time. He was a Gentile believer, so, but he knew the importance of everybody getting together to hear God's word. Um, so in verse 25 and 26, it says, As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. Now, the barrier that was broken down for prejudice at that time, Peter walking into a house of Gentiles, that was unheard of. And the reason he did that was Jesus. These Gentiles needed to hear the word, the good news. Now, so I was sent for, and I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent me? And then Cornelius goes on to tell him that it has vision. That they both, they both, and then Peter says, well, I had a vision as well. Now, in, when Matthew 16, 19, we talked about, I'm wondering if, when Jesus handed him the keys, I wonder if he knew, if Peter knew that Cornelius' house key would be on that ring. So now Cornelius was so overwhelmed when Peter walked in because he knew the significance of a Jew coming into a house full of Gentiles. So he fell at him, and then Peter says, stand up. He said, I am only a man myself. Therefore, it shows humility, and Peter, of course, was very humble, even though it took him three times. He was stubborn, but he was very humble. Now, um, when a, if you can imagine, I have a painting here from a long time ago, but it's like the conqueror kneeling before the conquered because at that time the roman empire was the invading uh, army and the, they were uh, persecuting the jews so that's what that was it was very the barriers were starting to tremble so now cornelius knew the huge importance of family and friends getting together and then peter addresses the crowd in verse 28 it says one of them oh wait oh, sorry I'm, I'm wrong page sorry 28 he says he said to them you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without asking any objection. So he knows that he can't do that, that he can't anymore go and just do what he thinks is right. He has to do what Jesus and what God thinks is right. So. He um, goes on, and the walls of prejudice start falling down with Peter in verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts all from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now, that's the kind of sermon that only an eyewitness of Jesus can preach. That is so good. And then says, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now, such a great sermon, but... The more and more I read the Bible, I found out that Peter, whenever Peter started preaching, he always got interrupted. Acts 2, he was interrupted by the people asking how they would get saved. In Acts 4, he was interrupted by men coming to arrest him, of all things. And then here, he's not really interrupted by people, but he's interrupted by the Holy Spirit coming down on this whole house and everybody being there, having the Holy Spirit. Now, I get to be a youth minister for a living, so I get to see that kind of work all the time. I want to read you a little testimony from uh, Sister Kelsey Pierce. When I was 12, I felt the kind of joy that at the time could only be felt under circumstances for the first time. 
I was in a teen church camp in the Northland, and it was the first time I discovered him. I knew that I was home. In the dictionary, wonder is defined as a feeling mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. This, however, has been my life for the past months. In Neosho, Missouri, on August 22, 2015, I made the commitment to Christ. Ever since then, my life has taken a 180 on me. When I don't know what to do in a situation, I know I have people I can turn to, and I can turn to God himself. I know I may want to plan, involving lots of dogs, but I can find comfort that there is a bigger picture and cause for my life, hopefully also involving lots of dogs. So far, I have learned that there will be something great in my life, and even after that. The materials on earth itself are fun, yes, but there is a spiritual satisfaction you can only get from him himself, and that trumps any earthly thing. Ever since I was taken out of the warm water in that little town near Joplin, my soul has matched that. And she goes on to quote 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails, but when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Jesus has become the love in my life, and for that, I am truly blessed. Amen. Amen, Sister Kelsey. I get to, do, I get to witness something, a Holy Spirit coming down on somebody just like that. It, was, it is an awesome thing. And afterwards, they have a little foyer out in the uh, uh, church down there, the uh, Rocket Dine Road Church of Christ. And all the youth group that was there on that trip went out there, and we prayed around Kelsey. And Dalton Dishman said the most spiritual Awesome prayer I had heard from a teenager. <clears throat> I couldn't get through this when I was practicing it either. Uh, it's just, it's so awesome to see these kids that they know they care for each other. They know that they need the gospel and they know they need to spread it. It is such a, a blessing to be a part of that. Okay. So even the Jews know that, even the Jews that came with Peter were amazed that the Gentiles would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter says, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Then it says Peter ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now that he ordered them, he probably told the people that he was with to baptize them. So, after that, it was such a glorious day in the Lord's church because all of those people were converted. They loved, they, they knew they needed to hear the good news of Jesus. And they brought, they gave a vision to two men to bring that, to make that happen. That God doesn't show favoritism, and neither should we. I've been blessed so many times by this church family, just to be a part of it. Um, I've learned so much about God, myself, and of course everybody here listening to me. God is after everyone's heart. He wants everyone to hear the word. We need to take it out in the world and break the barriers that the world keeps building. Um, He wants to let everybody know that God wants to be a part of his church family. As a group of Christians working together... With that goal, we can do that. Just like this week here, ladies' Bible class, and they do this every Tuesday. They meet and they pack these backpacks, and they have these these helpers like Oliver that are uh, packing these things, and they and they, they use this opportunity to spread the word. They were feeding and helping the community. It is such an awesome thing to do. I want to leave you with some scriptures in Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, 
But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you say the day approaching. If you have a... There's two things I learned from doing this lesson. One thing is that if you want to build the kingdom, you need prayer and vision. Prayer, so key, that we know here at Heartland. And vision, you need a vision in order to grow the kingdoms, in order for, for God to show you how to do that. And another thing is I learned is that you expect the unexpected. Jews walking into the Gentiles was huge back then. And anybody now that walks into these doors and wants to hear the word, we, cannot, we should not show favoritism towards anyone. If you have a special need, a special request for a prayer, um, if you've been studying God's Word and you want to be baptized today, or if you're a Christian and you have a God is good story, please come forward as we stand and sing.